Happy Monday, everybody. Good to see you. My name is Tim Harris. It's 10 o'clock. That means it's time for Tim with Tim. We take about 10 minutes each day, Monday through Friday, and we go word for word through the Word of God, verse by verse. And so we're in the uh, first quarter of the book of Isaiah. We're in chapters 20 and 21 today. Uh, whoo! <laughs> Aren't these something? Uh, I'm glad you're with me. I'm glad you're sticking with it. Again, uh, Isaiah has some difficult chapters, and I don't know if there's anything harder than 20 and 21, but uh, but I'm glad that we're doing it together. Again, some of you are brand new with me, and I appreciate that you are, whether you're on Spotify or YouTube or uh, Facebook. Uh, I love you guys. If you're live, God bless you. Thank you for making, you know, just stop in your morning at 10 o'clock and, and reading the word with me. Thank you for doing that. That means the world to me. Most of you aren't doing that. I get that. You can't. You got work, whatever. You're watching me at lunch. You're watching me over the weekend. I get it, whatever. Uh, but I'm so glad that you're in the word of God. That's all, I, that's all I'm trying for. That's why I do what I do. I just want to encourage you to be in the word. And honestly, uh, you encourage me in the word. And so we're uh, we're making each other better. We're keeping each other in the word. Isaiah <laughs> chapter 20. Y'all, I apologize for Isaiah, you know, showing his rear end to you uh, here. But that's uh, that that's it. That, that's what it is. Now, uh, chapter 20 uh, really tracks right along with historical events. So believe it or not, uh, if, if you know or do a little bit of research into the history there, uh, you know, the prophecy tracks right along with it. Uh, Sargon is the uh, Assyrian emperor. Uh, if you remember, he defeated the northern kingdom uh, of, of Israel in, uh, I think that was like 722, something like that. And so now you see he's tracking south, uh, coming up in Ashdod, the, 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 one of the cities of Philistia, uh, Ashdod. Uh, and uh, anyway, Ashdod, that, 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 battle happens around 711 something like that uh, I'm not real sure but there was a coalition Philistia uh, Egypt and Ethiopia at, at that battle at that time and, and that's what this passage is is calling attention to now uh, Isaiah you know mostly is a poet which we appreciate you know when he keeps his drawers on and just you know writes poems for for prophecy we'd rather read a sermon than see a sermon. Uh, the way he shows us this one. For three years, I mean, you thought Isaiah was boring, right? For three years, Isaiah walked around, uh, you know, naked and barefoot, you know, which was shocking to, you know, the church, I'm sure. <laughs> Can't believe he kept his job. But anyway, he walked around naked, showing his bare bottom and his bare feet for three years. Uh, it was a sermon. You know, it was, uh, you know, it sounds like something from, you know, Ezekiel. Um, he's acting out the sermon. He's basically uh, embodying the humiliation that's coming to Ethiopia, uh, to Ethiopia and to Egypt, uh, according to the passage here. Um, uh, for the king of Assyria will take away the Egyptians and Ethiopians as prisoners. He'll make them walk naked and barefoot, both young and old. Their buttocks bared to the shame of Egypt. So Isaiah, you know, lived out this this humiliation uh, as a prophetic word to Ethiopia and, and Egypt. Again, these are exciting uh, historical events. It's just kind of funny that you know, chapter twenty. It's a short, you know, passage. I'll, I'll grant you, you know, only just what six verses. But most of the verses seem more interested in Isaiah, you know, showing his hind end. Uh, you know, the way he enacts this sermon, which I guess when it comes right down to it, that is kind of more interesting. <laughs> but anyway, um, 
don't anybody ever say that uh, that preachers are boring now. We can we can we can man, we can bring a three year sermon that'll never be forgotten, and that's what Isaiah does here. Uh, uh, the, there are the, the end of the passage that was really really interesting. Uh, if this can happen to Egypt, what chance do we have? How will we escape? Um, the uh, effect of this defeat at Ashdod is to sort of reveal the unreliability of Egypt, and here. Um, you know, the idea is that all of those who have trusted, you know, in, 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 in Egypt, uh, you know, if, if Egypt is your hope, then, then you're hopeless. And, and this word here includes Judah. You know, Judah has put its hope in Egypt too. And, and this is an indictment against Judah as well. Anybody who puts their hope in anybody else but the Lord, I mean, um, if this can happen in Egypt, what chance do we have? Well, you know, you know, it goes back to what Isaiah said earlier. Either you stand in faith in the Lord or you don't stand at all. And so anyway, uh, what a colorful sermon there. Uh, on to chapter 21. If you thought chapter 20 was, uh, you know, a real rip snorter, where do you get to chapter 21? Chapter 21 is such a cryptic and elusive passage that uh, one of the commentaries I read actually said that the only comfort he had in writing about this chapter is knowing that nobody ever reads it unless they have to write a commentary, <laughs> which is kind of, I guess it's kind of true. I don't know anybody that's ever preached Isaiah chapter 21. Uh, again, it's the word of God, but so much of, of, of what would help us interpret it is, is just kind of lost. It starts out in the first 10 verses, sort of the fall of Babylon, but at the same time, um, there's this real... St- sense in which the historical crisis, you know, the historical event of the fall of Babylon, which we know happened, but like so many other passages in Isaiah, it seems to look past that to more of the the, the apocalyptic end of the known world, you know? Um, It starts out, you know, kind of simple enough, disasters roaring down on you from the desert. Again, this word against Babylon, uh, like a whirlwind society of this giant windstorm, which is the armies coming up against Babylon, but but then, like I say, it, 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 you know, verses three and four, uh, it, it, it's more like apocalyptic, almost as if, you know, it's the end of everything. My stomach aches, burns with pain, sharp pangs are upon me. I grow faint when I hear what the Lord is planning, you know. Um, it, it's that fear, that terror that, that might inflict someone who's, who's picturing the end of everything, the end of the whole world. Uh, verse 5, look, they're preparing a great feast. They're spreading rugs for people to sit on. Everyone is eating and drinking. Uh, that's really common when you talk about the end of the world, especially when Jesus, you know, the whole idea that uh, like a thief in the night, nobody's going to expect it. And here they're eating and drinking just as it was in the days of Noah. So it shall be coming to the Son of Man, people eating and drinking. You know, it's it's like they're just so oblivious. We are so oblivious, so very opulent and and comfortable and uh, not in any way prepared for the onslaught of God's judgment that is coming. Quick, grab your shields, prepare for battle. You're being attacked. You know, it's like the, the early warning system failed and all of a sudden, you know, the enemy is on you. Again, it's that whole thief in the night idea. Uh, meanwhile, the Lord said to me, put a watchman on the city wall and let him shout what he sees. Tell them to look for chariots run by horses, riders on donkeys and camels. I mean, it's like every possible mode of transportation in their day. You know, keep your eyes open. Keep your 
uh, keep, 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 uh, keep, keep a watch. Day after day, I've stood in the watch tower, my Lord. Night after night, I've remained at my post. Now at last, look, here comes a man in a chariot, a pair of horses. Babylon has fallen, fallen. You know, the, the news has come even before, you know, the, the people had, had known what was coming. Babylon has fallen. Uh, again, there is just this sense that we're talking about Babylon. We're also talking about the end of the destroyer, the end, the end of all things. And uh, uh, it's just kind of puzzling, uh, interesting. Uh, but puzzling. Uh, verses 11 and 12, New Living Translation calls it a message about Edom. The Hebrew word there is Duma, which is kind of the word for stillness or silence. It's, we don't know if it's a place. You know, you know, nobody really knows what, nobody knows what this is talking about. You know, New Living Translation just chooses to refer to Edom. It could be a misspelling of Edom. I don't know. Nobody knows. Again, it's just kind of an, an, an elusive message once more. Uh, next, verses 13 to 15, kind of a word against the, the desert plain. Uh, again, New Living Translation calls it a, a, Arabia. It's just, it, it, it's hard to know. It's just hard to know these messages, these brief, you know, oracles, which just, you know, pronounce this word of doom and, and warning and keeping watch. And uh, yeah, it, it may seem like the morning is coming, but the night's going to come right back. And it's like, you know, this onslaught of judgment and doom. It's just going to keep coming in wave after wave after wave. You know, finally, at the end there, 16 and 17, the, the, the word uh, about Kadar. Within a year, counting each day, all the glory of Kadar will come to an end. Only a few of its courageous archers will survive. I, the Lord, the God of Israel, have spoken. Um, I can say that's just a hard chapter. Uh, nobody really knows exactly what it's referring to. Fall of Babylon's clear enough, but like I say, it always seems to look beyond beyond historical realities to the coming of the end of all things. And we know that that is coming, and maybe that's just what we're supposed to know, you know, that, uh, that when the Lord comes, you know, it will be dreadful. You know, people will cry out for the mountains to fall upon them. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's just that terror that comes when the Lord comes in the end as a thief. Uh, perhaps that's what chapter 22 points to. Pick up right here. In, in the morning, we'll pick up in chapter 22. 22 verses 1 to 25. So again, pick up with me in chapter 22 tomorrow, uh, verses 1 to 25, a message about Jerusalem, and, and we'll see that. I know it's the 4th of July tomorrow, but, uh, but you know, I'm not going to take a day off. Don't you take a day off. We can celebrate. We can eat, cook hot dogs, celebrate America. We can still spend 10 minutes in the Word, all right? So sometime tomorrow, join me. I will be here at 10 o'clock. And we'll do chapter 22. I say a chapter 22, okay? Have a good Monday. I know where I'll be. I'll be at Myers. It's my day off. Uh, hopefully mow my yard today. My mower, my mower blew up last week. Um, so maybe mow, maybe not mow, but I'll certainly get groceries because we, we got to eat. Uh, but anyway, I'll see you in the morning. Lord, Lord willing. I love you guys so much. Have a good Monday.